Mrs. Riles for that song. Very worldly timed for me. Very worldly timed for me. So I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate that special. It means a lot. Um, Matthew chapter 13 in your Bibles. We started off in Proverbs chapter 4 where we talked about how important it was to keep our hearts with all diligence for out of it, all the issues of life. Um, but while we are, while we're looking at that, that's kind of our theme verse for this portion of the character under construction series. So Matthew chapter 13 is where we'll go now. While you're turning there, fun fact for you. The reason, anybody in here is afraid of bugs? You're afraid of bugs? I'm the only weenie in here? Alright, cool. I'm not sorry. Um, fun fact, the reason why we get, we react in fear over bugs or whatever it may be is because our minds confuse disgust with fear. They come from the same part of the brain. So instead of being, you, it may not necessarily be a fear, it's just disgust triggers the same kind of result where fear is rooted from. So something fun for you to know as I was sitting there dwelling on my own phobias. I, remind, I was reminded of that, of that fact. So random has nothing to do with the sermon, but now you're at Matthew chapter 13, aren't you? Oh, uh, church, you're going to have to wake up for me today. You have to wake up. As we talked about before, we are in our phase two of our character under construction series, and we are going to be looking now at constructing your heart and why that's important. And if you're in Matthew chapter 13, we're going to pick up in verse 10. It says, And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to know them is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And it is, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Esaias, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I shall heal them. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day and for your son. We pray that you'd be with this message. Speak to them the way that you spoke to me, God. And we'll give you all the honor and glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray and we're thankful. Amen. So let me give you a quick synopsis of what's going on and then we'll make some applications. Jesus here in the book of, uh, in the book of, of Matthew, he's over here and of course he's doing what Jesus does best and he speaks in parables. We know, spare, we know parables meaning heavenly, um, earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. Right, they're always there meant to, uh, they're, they're meant to help you to get some, some insight into what the, what the meaning of the parable actually is. And so the disciples come to him and they say, Jesus, why do you keep speaking in parables? Why do you do that? In verse 10, the disciples ask that question. In verse 11, the disciples now find out that they have access to the mysteries of heaven, but the multitude as a whole, they don't know. They don't know. And so by the time we get down to verse 15, Jesus gives some insight and some admonition about the heart of man. He talks about how their hearts have waxed gross. If you can 
underline, if you're the underlining type in your Bible, in verse 15, there's a phrase that's, that says wax gross. I want you to underline that. I want you to underline that. Wax gross means by scriptural definition to thicken, fatten, or stupefy, to be ineligible, to think, or feel properly, to be calloused. So he says, why do you, why do you speak in parables? And he, he kind of breaks it down that they don't, they don't really understand when I speak to them. We, we're working through our journeying with John's series on Wednesday night in Bible study. And that series is us doing a verse-by-verse verse, um, exegesis or expository study through the Gospel of John. And we've been seeing, haven't we, church, how the people just keep missing all the stuff. He's saying clear-cut things to them. And they're like, what? Right? And so for him to speak in parables, for them to still not be able to understand, does it makes sense to me. So because of their condition of their hearts, it had some serious spiritual repercussions. He's like, this, the reason why they don't understand is because their hearts have waxed gross. That's why. And so, the first, and so in, this, in this first part of the constructing your heart, we're going to talk about a strong foundational reason to keep your heart, right? We, we saw in Proverbs chapter 4, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So to keep or to guard. To, to keep in a proper state your heart as you seek to construct it to be the most like Christ as possible. Because what do we say? The character under construction series is meant for us to make us the best we we can be so that Christ can make us the best us we can be for him. Right? We want to be in the best spirit. We want to be in the best shape possible to be used. Right? And so we want to do our part. Right? We want to be good stewards of our lives. And so we want to... Nobody... I mean, God does all the work. We know, Right? Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. We understand that. But we have a responsibility to walk properly. To walk worthy of our faith, as the Bible tells us, right? And so we're trying to get ourselves in the best shape that we can, right? Um, so that's what this is about. So let's look at verse 15 again. I'm going to give you some points from that. And then we'll be on our way today. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their hearts, and should be converted, and I should heal them. So we talked about waxing gross, right? And how that means to fatten, to thicken, to, to stupefy, right? To be in a position that is ineligible to feel properly or to be calloused. And so we're going to talk about why it's important to guard your heart to keep that from happening because there are spiritual repercussions that come to someone whose heart has waxed gross. I'm not naive to the fact that in a room this size there are people in here who maybe their hearts have already waxed gross or maybe you're on the way. And so we're trying to get there for you to reach in the fire for your own heart and how to get it to the place where it is, it is completely and utter, utterly usable for Christ. Right? And so, what we're going to cover um, is what happens if you allow your heart to thicken. What's going to happen if you allow your heart to callous? Verse 15 gives us a great breakdown. Number one, you risk an inability to hear. You risk an inability to hear. Making progress in your walk is largely dependent on your ability to hear the Lord. Can I get an Amen. Living a victorious Christian life is going to be largely dependent upon your ability to hear. You're going to find out that many times in your life you'll have to ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? 
how do I handle this situation? How do I, how do, I do this? Or how do I do that? And you're going to find that you will consult someone who's pursuing him. Is going to honestly consult the Lord on every matter. And if you ask, you need to what? Receive, right? And in order to receive, you got to hear. But if you can't hear, you won't have any direction. You won't have any direction. He may speak to you, but you may not be able to effectively hear or decipher. What did we find out that waxing gross means? An ineligibility to think or feel properly. To callous. And yeah, there's many times in our lives, because the truth is, church, life is going to do its very best, very best, you know, in its power to make you cold. Life is going to beat you up and beat you up and beat you up and beat you up. And we know that what the devil meant for evil, God meant for good. And I say this phrase all the time, God put you through the fire not to consume you, but to purify you. And so a lot of times we go through lives and we allow life to really beat us up. Fun fact, or not really fun, but true fact, is that most of the people today who are practicing atheists are not because they don't believe God exists. A lot of times it's because they believed in God and they got hurt. And they walked away. And that happens. But what do I always tell you? If you were consumed by the fire, you missed your lesson. You missed your lesson. You have to be careful about allowing your heart to wax gross because the Lord is going to speak to you and give you direction and give you understanding and give you wisdom. And you cannot receive that if you cannot hear him. You have to be careful about your heart and the condition of it because you may block the avenue. You may be blocking the avenue that stands between you and God and you being able to actively perform his will in your life. I remember when I was looking to see where I was, I had just gotten out of college, um, and I got a phone call that Orlando Baptist Temple had a, had a position opening. They were looking for a new youth pastor, assistant pastor, and so I had been praying about that. And in that time, I got a call from a church in Texas. Um, from a church in Texas, they were a, a, a big church, a little bit of a mega church. They wanted me to be, uh, to work with their worship program and I think it was actually ended up being like a Southern Baptist church anyway they're like we'll give you $60,000 a year to come and work on our worship team I got another call from um, from a place in, t in, um, in Arkansas and they were saying you know we, we know that you're looking for a place we'd like for you to come and spend some time with us maybe give us a shot and see if this would be the place where the Lord has you I also got another call from a place in Gainesville um, that had said, you know, we're looking for no, another assistant pastor. Would you pray and consider to come? And then, of course, Orlando Baptist Temple was open. So now I went from having no options because in college, when you get toward the end, what ends up happening is you get a chance to meet with other pastors. You have like a, a college, a, a career day, and you wear your badge with your major on it, and everyone will come, and they'll see if you have options. You know what I'm saying? If you would be a good candidate for where they were, and I had zero. And I got to the place where my first opportunity had presented itself and then all of a sudden three other ministries has called me so now I have what's called options but not every option that you have is from the Lord one of my mentors taught me this statement and I want you to write it down never forget it he said this to you he said Xavier as you pray about what the Lord will have you to do I want you to think about this thing 
for every one thing that God has for you, the devil has a hundred counterfeits. The enemy of the best decision is not even the bad decision. It's the good one. You understand? They, they live, they, they parallel. They, they look like they are, either one of them are good options, but a, a B plus is not an A plus. And sometimes we find ourselves settling for something when God says, I have something that is ordained for where I want you in your life. And so what did Xavier Small do? I got down on my knees and I prayed. I prayed and I fasted. And I sought spiritual advice. And I said, Lord, I'm begging you to not make the wrong decision. Can I remind you that the Bible says, if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. What does that mean? That's a fancy phrase to say that God will not hold back what you ask him for. If you need wisdom, he will not hold it back. That's found in, the, in James chapter 1. If you ask, I'll show you. I'll give you direction. And I remember begging God, don't let me make the wrong decision. Don't let me make the wrong decision. And then I remember I went ahead and stepped out on faith to come to Orlando Baptist Temple. And I said, God, is this really where I'm supposed to be? And then I preached that chapel that Wednesday. And 27 people came forward and asked Christ. To, that's a third of our Christian school. Raised their hand. We had more kids than we had teachers. I mean, the invitation lasted like 40 minutes because we're trying to deal with, and the Lord just spoke to me. He said, are you sure now? And I've been here ever since. What does that mean? That's one example of, and I'm sure there's many of them that happen in your life as you come face to face with directions and with guidance and with, and with you just needing direction in your life. But what we find out is the Lord says, I will show you, but you got to be able to hear me. You got to be able to hear me. Someone said, Pastor, how do you hear the voice of God? I said, how do you not? How do you not? You got to train that ear to hear him. It's like, Miss Angelica, I mean, I know Joshua's not the most quiet person in the world. But I'm sure that you recognize his voice pretty well. And the best way I can put it is that when a mother gives birth to a child, she's holding that baby. From that point forward, you hear mom say crazy things like, I know his cry. I know his voice. I, hear, I know his laughter. I know. And after spending solitary time with that child for all this time, they can be in a, in a crowded Walmart on Black Friday and hear that, cry, that kid go, Mama! And know that that's her child and be able to find him. You know why? Because she was able to conform her ear to the, the voice of her child in the quiet so that when it was chaos, she could still hear him. Do you see where I'm going? You want to learn how to hear the voice of God? You got to learn to get along with him. Matthew 6 says to enter into your closet and spend time with him in, 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 in solitary. And then from there, you get to the point that when life gets crazy, like it was yesterday, and loud and overwhelming, because the Bible says that the, the voice of God is a still small voice. He's not going to scream at you. And so he'll talk to you like, when life is big and loud, he'll talk to you like this. And someone whose ear is trained to the Lord will hear him loud and clear. You have to watch your heart waxing gross. Because if not, number one, you risk an inability to hear. Number two, what does verse 15 also tell us? You risk an inability to see. For the people's heart is waxed gross and their ears are dull of hearing. And their eyes, they have closed. You risk an inability to see. You, if you have a heart that has waxed gross, you will not be able to see the works that God is doing 
in your life. You have two groups of people in this room, right? All of them share one common characteristic, and that is that everyone has been through hard times or turmoil in some 